Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, you'll get to hear a conversation I had with Trey Boone. Trey is a CEO with more than 37 years of experience in the human resources industry. Trey focuses on the design and implementation of initiatives that help organizations solve complex human resource issues. Trey established eSources in 2000 after serving as the Vice President of Human Resources for Scana Corporation, a Columbia, South Carolina Fortune 500 company with more than 6,000 employees. Trey graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration from the University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Trey is a Leadership South Carolina graduate, Southern Electrical Exchange Management Program graduate from the University of Georgia, and a certified compensation professional. This conversation was everything as it relates to how we lead and manage ourselves. Trey provides some great advice from his years of experience, some practical tips, And even as I call it during the episode, golden thoughts for all of us to consider and reflect upon as workers, employees, business owners, parents, spouses, friends, uh, this is good. Enjoy. Trey, thank you so much for joining today's episode. I am really looking forward to this conversation. And for those who don't know, for the audience, uh, you and I worked together previously And I was thinking back at the time you were, I think what today would be called a CHRO, head of HR for the organization. I was coming in as an OD consultant and that was my first real full-time OD job. Like I'd done some internships, some consulting work, but that was my first real full-time OD job working with you all. And then I was remembering kind of how you've been at pivot points in my life. And then I was remembering when I was thinking about going into business I called you for your advice because you had already made that transition several years ago. And I still remember the advice you gave me. You were like, Arlene, if you burn it down, I think I put this in the book, actually, that's how pivotal it was. If you burn it down and just totally like it fails, you could always go get another job. And I was like, (laughs) at the time I hadn't thought about that, but just this idea that you can always make a new decision if one decision doesn't work well was actually freeing to me. It freed me then and it actually has freed me now. So I really appreciate your advice. I love your perspective on things. So I'm excited other people get to hear this conversation. You know, I, I, it was, that's a conversation that I used to have with one of my partners all the time when we yeah. first started this, because he was, he was worried and he said, well, what if, what if this isn't going to work? I said, you know, we'll, we'll go get real jobs then because this is really, you know, it's what we love doing. And I don't even yeah. think of it as a real job. You know, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's, it's always been easy. So, and that was uh, 22 years ago. So, so we haven't heard it down yet. 
I was going to say, I couldn't believe that. I was looking at some of the things on your website and I was like, wait a minute, they you've been in business 22 years on this side. That's kind of post your career you already had on the other side internally. Yes, yes it is. That's uh, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, old and decrepit and, and, you know, so, so to have a 20, almost a 25 year corporate career and then go into now running your own business for 22 years, you know, it's a, it's been a exciting journey to say the least. Yeah, that's a blessing. That's amazing. So congratulations on 22 years. And I'm excited to talk about this topic because I feel like when you think of leading self and just how we do that better, that's something that has been important for me in my life. It is important today. And that's the kind of thing that will be important tomorrow. Like it's just, it's a core life skill, I think. And the better we get at it, the better our lives are and the better we are. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your perspective on this because it's kind of an eternal topic. I agree. And I, I run into it all the time with our clients and and just in the business settings. So yeah. Okay, good. So let's just jump in then. I, you know, when I think about leading self, I know a lot of people, when they hear the word leadership, they really think about other people, like you're a, my manager or you're in a role where you're leading other people. What do you think about when we say leading self? What does that mean for you? I think it is sort of an introspective look at yourself and just developing this tremendous sense of self-awareness so you understand where you are. And and I ask this question when we do leadership training all the time, is that if you really can't lead yourself, how do you expect to be able to lead others? Mm. And you know, we talk about the definition of leadership all the time, Arlene, as as really just your ability to influence other people, okay? When you lead yourself, you've got to be able to influence yourself. You've got to be able to talk to yourself and understand and have those conversations and be able to lead yourself and take action. So Mm -hmm. that's really what I think about when I think about that. Yeah, being able to influence yourself, which um, can be a challenge. <laughs> I think it can be because you know yeah. a, a lot of times it's it's hard to face the truth mm-hmm. and it's hard to face some of the things when you know you've done things wrong and to own up to that and be able to say you know to yourself and then certainly to others, yep, yeah, I I you know made a mistake there and hose that up and and you know, need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and if you if you can't do that with your own life, it's going to be very hard to do that in any professional setting or in in anything that you do where where you're leaders. And we talk about you know just the everyday leadership concept that that you know everybody is a leader. You're a leader in your family, mm. church, your you know PTO, you know your children's coaching, softball, anything, and. And you've got to be able to influence folks. And, and to do that, you got to be able to, to manage and lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of the everyday leader, um, because I do think when you hear the term leader, you kind of first go to work. Like the first thing I think about as a leader is like, oh, my manager at work. <laughs> like you don't really think about the opportunities we all have to lead in just life yes. in general. So sometimes just opening ourselves up to know that, no, you actually have lots of opportunities to lead. Well, and that's why we like the the definition of, of your ability to influence someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, when you really stop and think about that, 
it's it's all the components that go into the emotional intelligence, okay? Because for you to be able to influence someone, they have to trust you and they have to be willing to listen and understand and follow you, okay? You can only be a leader if you have folks that are willing to follow you and, and you're able to influence them. And so that's exactly you know what you need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so we see that and talk about that all the time. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about leading self. I just at a, I can think of a few sports games I've been to where parents <laughs> probably weren't doing our best at leading selves, <laughs> showing ourselves best in those kind of scenarios. So, like, what's an example would you say, Trey? You think about with like leading self? Like, what would be an example for people to understand? You know, I I think it's it's an example of of where you have a situation to deal with, and and you know, I'll go back to talking about what you think about. You know, I I see parents misbehave at sporting events all the time and and they're just they're on the sidelines and they don't think about how their actions impact their children the other children and the other adults around them and they have to be able to think through and realize you know here's the right behavior pattern to set and not it's easy to get caught up in emotion mm-hmm. and that's what happens. And you're really talking about, you know, you know, you're understanding yourself and being able to control your own emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. That's very hard. Depending on the scenario that can be, uh, I've been in a couple games where <laughs> because to your point, because of other parents' behaviors, I'm like, okay, I don't condone acting out, but I understand it because the emotion gets so overwhelming. Yes. Um, so how do you think someone would know if they're if they're good at leading self? Maybe one of those things is controlling emotion. I don't know. What do you think is like, how would you know if I'm doing a pretty good job at leading myself? You know, I, th- I think you have to ask yourself, you know, are, are you setting a good example, okay, for others to follow, okay? And, and I think, you know, another way is, are you really achieving whatever goals it is you have set for yourself? And how are you achieving those? You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to get the, the results. And, and you know, we, I, I deal with this all the time with our clients, you know, where we have employees who get results, but the way they get the results is, is horrible. Nobody wants to work with them. You know, they're they're very disruptive, they're mean, they're rude. And so, but they get results. So I think you have to ask yourself, you know, are you getting, meeting the goals in your own life? Where do you want to be? And and how are you going about getting those, okay? And, and the relationships that you're building along the way, because that's what this is really all about for you to be able to, to manage and achieve those goals. I mean, and I think that's a good way to think about it. Like, am I, am I being a good example and am I getting things done that are important to me, but, but also getting them done in the right way? Cause there's probably areas of our life. We could probably say, I lead myself really good in that area, but <laughs> over there, like, am I getting the goals I want in this space of my life? Am I leading myself well in that area? You know, maybe not. And and I think that's exactly what, what folks have to do. And it's hard, and a lot of folks won't do it. Is it ask themselves the hard questions? Mm-hmm. Okay, am I really doing what I should be doing in this area? Mm-hmm. And and we can always 
you know, find excuses or, you know, I didn't have enough time. I had to do this. The kids had this, you know, my spouse had to do, and, and make excuses. Okay. And go into the victim mode and not really own, you know, the circumstances and own your behavior and whether you, you did it or you didn't. So I, I think that's a huge part of, of recognizing that you're in control of all of this. You, mm-hmm. you own it. You can't really control what happens to you, but what you can control is how you react to it. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to be thinking about. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, there are times in my corporate career <laughs> where I look back on it and I think, wow, uh, I, they probably should have fired me. Um, I'm glad they didn't. But but yeah. looking back on that, they should have mm-hmm. because of how I reacted. Mm-hmm. And and the big piece to that is really learning from that and understanding, okay, wow, you know, that was almost, I perceived that as a personal attack and I reacted badly to that. Mm-hmm. And so learning and growing from that is is what I think we're all challenged to do. And and it'll help us in the long run with every one of our relationships. Yeah, I could totally see that. Just the acknowledgement of, you know, when we messed up and being willing to do that quickly and honestly and humbly, like <laughs> that alone can be a challenge for a lot of us. And sometimes, I mean, when you're in your emotions, it probably is a challenge for all of us, but being willing to do that, I could see that personally and professionally, not only helps you get better, but certainly I'm sure helps all your relationships uh, it, it, without a doubt. It does. And what, what you're really doing is when you do that and you can go through exactly what you described, you're, you're growing. Okay. Yeah. You are growing, and we talk about this, you know, typically in a lot of our in a lot of our training sessions with our clients. We talk about, you know, there's only two states of being. Okay, you're either in a growth mode or you're in a deterioration mode. There is no static. Okay, mm. and so to me, I always want to be in a growth mode, and I'm always looking and thinking and asking myself, you know, what did I do to help that situation? What did I do to, to hurt it? You know, how could I have done that better? It's a it's a constant review and analysis for you. So the next interaction you have, you're growing and getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. You're either growing or deteriorating. You're not, we're kind of fooling ourselves if we think we're standing still. A- absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. We're, you know. we're kind of fooling and, ourselves. And so that that's a, you know, that that actually is a Mark Twain you mm. know, quote. Okay. So, so it's, it's, I, I would never try to take credit for that. <laughs> that's good though. I mean, I wish I was that clever. I wish I was that clever. <laughs> I, I could see that, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend and she had just gotten into a new role that she had been looking forward to and, you know, kind of thought was like a pinnacle role for her. And once she got into it, she figured out how much more she needed to learn. So to your point around, I think sometimes we think we arrive at a place of leading self or leadership or whatever it is. And it's like, then you arrive there and you realize, oh, like there's, there's still a long road ahead of me in terms of just continually growing and getting better. Yeah, I could see that. I think you're exactly right. And I think we all have, and, and you know, during my corporate career, you know, as I, as I would get a promotion, I would, I'd be looking for the next step and the next step and realizing, you know, 
after I got to each step, I was like, wow, this is a lot different than I thought. And, and, you know, now I have to do this and, and, and just that growth and learning in and of itself, you're sort of like, holy cow, you know, this is different than I thought. Yeah. And, and so you have to be able to talk to yourself. Okay. Which is, I think a big piece of all of this in mm-hmm. leading yourself, you got to be able to talk to yourself and be honest with yourself and, and, you know, say, wow, this is not what I thought, but how, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? Mm-hmm. And have those conversations. And is that something you do, Trey? Is that something you've done or seen other people just, is that a normal conversation you're having with yourself? Do you choose moments of reflection? Like how have you been able to kind of really learn? It sounds like one of the first steps is awareness of where we need to grow, awareness of mistakes we've made. Like how have you been able to do that? Because, you know, work's really busy. Life is really busy. I think it's easy sometimes to get into just a do, do, do mode without really the the reflection part of it? You know, Arlene, that that word, I love that word because I think that is a part of the growth and the learning that that most folks skip over and they really don't do, okay? And the reflection piece of that is really when you're asking yourself the hard questions, okay? How, how did this happen? And, you know, how did I let that happen? And I try to spend time I love doing that. I'm a morning person. So I'm usually in the office at 6.30 in the morning and have an hour to an hour and a half before the phones and emails start going crazy. And I'm thinking about what's ahead for the day as well as what happened yesterday. How did that interaction with the client go? If we were counseling that employee, if we were terminating that employee, what could we have done better? How, what can we learn from that? And, and you know, what did we forget to do? Or what, what did we do that maybe we shouldn't have done? So I think, I think for me, it's, it's sort of become a part of the daily ritual, you know, that that's what I, that's what I do. I spend a lot of time driving too. And so I get to spend a lot of time thinking and asking and just reflecting upon that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could see both of those. I, uh, that would be interesting for people to even take that challenge in terms of driving. You know, sometimes we spend so much time consuming stuff, music, you know, other information, like, but uh, if you have that time driving or can carve out that time in the morning to not spend it consuming more, but reflecting, I could see that being really helpful, really powerful for people. I think, I think it is. And I, I think a lot of times we have to think about really asking ourselves, the right questions and the hard questions, Mm. which a lot of times we don't want to do. And so a lot of the time that I spend with with some of my clients and some of the the upper level clients is is almost a a sounding board. And I have to ask them questions all the time, the the CEOs or the board chairs. And we have to go through and do that. And so, you know, part of that is really thinking about, you know, how, if I'm asking them those questions, I need to be asking myself those questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's an example of a tough question or a question you might ask someone at that level and then also might ask yourself that, what are some of the questions you might use in that kind of a setting? You know, the first question I, I typically ask them is, is there's been an interaction and something has happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll ask them the question, you know, well, what did you think about that? And how did you react? 
because I want them to really look inside themselves and say, what, what was I thinking about that? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they will say, well, you know, I was, I was angry. I was disappointed. And that drove how they behaved. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or they were surprised. And, and so you have to, I'm constantly asking them so they will be thinking about it. I'm making them do the reflection on on you know that that somebody else is doing that they hopefully will learn to do on their own yeah i could see that because even getting to what you were thinking starts to get to your point about emotions and how much that yeah. can then drive our reaction yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and you know we do a lot where we're talking about you know performance management giving feedback and and i use myself in a corporate example a lot and i remember getting some feedback from from my manager where i had been doing a lot of presentations on a new compensation plan. Hmm. And I'd been on the road, you know, we had lots of different locations. So we would go to all these locations and 6,000 employees. And I was given, you know, the presentations about the changes in the compensation system. And I was done. And, and we were having lunch one day. And he looked at me, he told me, he said, I got some feedback for you. You know, he said, when you're doing those presentations, now, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And I had no idea what X, Y, and Z was, because what was flashing through my mind was, you've been waiting for six months to give me this feedback that, that would help me. I, I, it, it was designed to help me. And my thought was, I've probably done 25 presentations since then, and you're waiting to give me this feedback? Yeah. That's the learning. That's the learning. And when I step back and evaluate myself, and I, I should have said, that's great. Thank you for that. It, you And you're right. And I'm going to incorporate that. And then what I should have said was, why did it take you so long to tell yeah. me that? Okay. Yeah. That's the learning that I wanted to know was because am I so unapproachable? Mm. Did you think I was going to explode? What, what helped me understand why it took you six months to give me that feedback? Right. That's the learning that you've got to be able to do that at the time, you know, what was going through my mind is you've been holding this for six months. Yes. What? Yeah. So it's that sort of learning that, that you, you have to get past that emotion of, you know, I'm angry because you didn't tell me about this and I could have been improving in the last six months instead of still, it's great feedback. I love to have the feedback. Right. I just wish it was timely. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's taking a high degree of accountability. It's saying, you know, just to say, even in that, to build for someone to be able to say, was there anything I was doing that contributed to this person not giving the feedback? Yeah. That, that takes a level of reflection that I think many of us don't have. Like we would still be stuck on that first point of what took you six months. I mean, and you could just spin on that one thing and never get to maybe the deeper point of, like what was going on in our relationship or with me or like what caused you to wait? Like, that's a really exactly. good question. That's really, that's where we all need to be. And it, and it is being able to control, you know, those emotions and, and think through that without reacting mm-hmm. and, and without damaging that relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. But being able to continue to grow and to realize that maybe I'm doing something that is giving them this perception. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times the, the, the whole 
issue of perception is something that that most folks struggle with. Okay, and we have to we have to go through lots of explanations about that now. Um, every time we're doing a training session, you know, because if everybody has a perception and their perceptions are never wrong, they are how they feel. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when someone typically gives you their perception and it differs from your intent, we tell them their perception's wrong. Oh, your perception's wrong. And it's not wrong. It's what they can't get past is well, that my intent was not that. And so you either didn't listen or it's your problem because this was my intent. We don't own the fact that we gave them that perception by something we did, something we said, the tone of our voice, the volume, the words we used, we gave them that perception. It doesn't make a difference what your intent is. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel like I uh, I feel like I could take that to work. Certainly I could take that to marriage. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about how many times well, in relationships you how many times you talk about the perception and you're arguing back and forth about someone else's perception yes. without ever asking the question. Well, is you know, what am I doing that's contributing that perception? Yes. And um, you know, a, a lot of times when we're doing some of that training, Arlene, I will, I will, you know, use the example. Okay. And this rarely ever happens. But you know, when when my wife tells me I hurt her feelings, okay, mm -hmm. my answer cannot be no, I didn't. Okay? <laughs> okay. And but my answer needs to be, I'm sorry, that was not my intent, because I never intend to hurt her feelings. But right. if I do, I do. And you have to own that. So mm -hmm. it is the it, it is recognizing that our intentions don't always match up to the perception that you're giving other people. Yeah. And I don't care whether that's work, church, the grocery store, you know, it, it, anywhere. It's it's it happens all the time. That's a phrase I, I need to add. It. That's a really good. I'm so sorry. That was not my intent. Like, exactly right. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm I so learned sorry. that early that on. That's not my intent. That is a right. Yeah, that's a golden phrase. You know, and and it helps. And and what I followed up by you, know, what I meant to say was this. Okay. Mm. And hopefully that doesn't just you don't keep going down a dark <laughs> deep hole. Right. I'm sorry, that wasn't my intent either. <laughs> right. I could yes. send that to you want me to send that to your husband? <laughs> no, I need that as my own golden phrase. I'll use it first. <laughs> Exactly. I'm using it first. Yeah, where he won't see it coming. I'll use it there first. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was not my intent. That is, yeah. I mean, because that happens. I can think about how many times in leadership situations. You know, a lot of times if you are the manager of a team or leader of a team, people take your words more heavily or seriously sometimes than you intend. This can also happen with children. You know, so they may take something from it that may have been a part of it, but maybe you didn't mean for it to land that heavy on them or something. And yes. just being able to say, oh, I'm so sorry. That was not my intent. Like, yes, absolutely. And that's what we, that's what we need to be able to really, you know, when, when you stop and think about the self-awareness is understand how that could be perceived. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time thinking about this, especially, you know, when I'm talking with either, you know, the CEOs or the board chairs, or even doing an employee counseling, if I use these words, how is that going to be perceived? Mm -hmm. How might they feel about that? 
And if you think about that on, on the front end, it probably help you change your words and change your tone and think through this. Yeah. Yeah. Even before you, even before you say it. Yeah. Yes, ab- absolutely. And and then if it does go wrong, you're, you're already prepared and you know that wasn't your intent. I think that's what we, we have a lot of folks trying to do. Great. And you're um, just in all your experiences, how have you seen self-leadership maybe either help someone's career or get in the way of someone from their, from a career standpoint? Like, how have you seen this make a difference for people? I think Arlene, if you're able to lead yourself, one of the things that you're really doing is sort of creating the right mindset and you're having an, an open mindset and you're willing to realize that you are learning, you're going to make mistakes. You know, we, we talk about all the time the, the, the concept that if you're not making mistakes, you're not working on things hard enough, okay? And, you know, I've told this to my team when I was in the corporate and to my team now is like, I don't really care if you make mistakes. Okay. What I don't want you to do is just repeat the same mistake over and over. I want you to learn from that. And so I think when, when you are managing yourself and when you can learn from that and realize, wow, I was rushing. I was, I thought, you know, it was so important to get this done. I wanted to be perceived as, wow, you're, you're so quick and you and you learn from that, that that's going to help you grow. And I will tell you, I don't have a client that doesn't want those type of employees. They want them and they will continue to grow. I think a lot of times, you know, we're we're human beings. OK. And, and whether it's your ego or, you know, you, you just you, you struggle with trying to be right all the time, you can't, it, those type of things that really will keep you from managing yourself, okay? Because you're not going to tell yourself the truth. Even when you know you're wrong, you're, you're going you're gonna to spin it, you're going to be right, and you're going to mince words, and you're going to say, well, that, that, you know, you didn't understand, or that's not what I said, or, <laughs> yes. you know, Arlene. Yeah. Yeah, you're shaking your head. Are you, yeah. you writing these phrases down too? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try not. To, I'm going to try to forget those phrases. They sound a little familiar to me. But I'm going to try to. I'm trying to forget those phrases. You know, it's those are the people that are going to get derailed. Okay, mm-hmm. and and those are the people that a lot of times will get results. Okay, but you know, I will tell you that that those folks have titles that they use, and it, it's what we call positional leadership. Okay. And they really don't have followers, okay? Because mm. nobody wants to follow them because they're just not very nice, and it's all about them, and they never give the team credit. But they have a title, okay? And those are the folks that get results. But how they get the results, and they ever get a 360, you know, the employees just you know provide them with some good insight, and and they don't believe it. And, and they just refuse to listen. No, they're wrong. They're wrong. And, you know, it's they they won't grow and listen. I, I've seen that. I've We've done exit interviews and I've sat down and said, here's what your employees have said. No, they didn't really say that. <laughs> really? OK. Actually, they did. Yeah, they, right. I, I'm pretty sure I was there and wrote it down. This is what they said. Right. So uh, yeah. but they just, you know, again, couldn't really manage themselves couldn't look at that and say wow i that 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 i'm stunned because that was not my intent 
But if if that's what they believe, then I really I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to try a different approach. I need to make a change. And when you do that, you're owning that. Okay, and it becomes you. And so you need to make a change. Now, what are you going to do? And when you decide that, you're setting your goal. Okay, and then you're you're managing yourself. Am I achieving that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm taking ownership of this, and you know I'm going to try something different. Maybe some of it works, maybe some of it doesn't, but at least, you know, you're trying and you're trying to achieve, you know, whatever that, that goal or objective is. The willingness to try, try something different because it will feel uncomfortable. It'll feel, but yes. just that willingness to try. And even your point around, I love what you say to your teams, which is I'm okay. If you make mistakes like that gives people so much more, just like breathing room, freedom to be willing to try to try to do it different, to try new things that kind of, I think, creates a space for people like, I'm okay if you make mistakes, I just don't want us to repeat them. That just, I think that gives you kind of a little more freedom for that willingness to try something different and be more willing, maybe even to learn from the mistakes you have, if you have that kind of a mentality. Well, and I, and I think then, you know, what goes along with that is when they do make a mistake, the question I ask them all the time is, well, okay, so what'd you learn from that? Yeah. What'd you learn from that? Because mm. that's where that's where you really now now in your own brain you're asking yourself the question, what did I learn? What should I have done better? You know, I I've made some costly mistakes in this venture. I lost a quarter million dollar a year client, and there was one person who lost that client, and it was me. Okay. And it was because I wasn't paying attention to really what I wasn't listening and I wasn't thinking about what was going on. And, you know, that's a, that's a learning experience. And, uh, you know, sort of like, yeah, I don't have to make sure that doesn't happen again. Okay. And so those lessons are never easy, but, mm-hmm. but you have to grow from those lessons. And I think we have, mm-hmm. I know yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is good. I mean, even from that situation, which I'm sure was like, (laughs) that's a big loss, Uh, but being willing to say, you know what, (laughs) let me me learn from it. Let me figure out what I can, I'm not going to waste it. You know, at least it it happened. I might as well not waste the loss and try to figure out what I can learn from it. Absolutely. And I stepped back and went through and evaluated it and, and replayed conversations and Mm -hmm. recognized that it was happening over it was a it was a slow mm-hmm. death, okay. But realized and and you know told everybody you know in my organization here, I was like, yeah, I'm I screwed that up. So I should have done this. I should have seen this coming. I didn't anticipate. I wasn't listening and didn't see what was actually being said and happening. Mm-hmm. And you know it was a learning experience. Wow. That's, that's huge. And even to share it with your team in an honest way, like that's something a lot of leaders have trouble with, you know, a lot of people, I wouldn't say leaders, a lot of people have trouble with is that kind of back to that openness, like you being self-aware, but also being open enough and honest enough and humble enough to share it with other people so they can learn from it too. You know, if you're not going to be vulnerable, then your employees are going to be, they're going to have a hard time trusting you. Yeah. And, and if they don't trust you, all right, how in the world do you think you can influence them? Mm-hmm. Which is leadership, being able to influence them. Yeah. You know, so I talked to him, I said, look, we have this client. This is what we need to do for this client. 
and let me explain to you why. And this is how we do that. They believe that because I've established that trust and credibility. And so, you know, they're willing to get on board and make whatever changes we need to make. So, so how do you think we can, like, as we build our own ability to lead ourselves, how do you think we can encourage this in other people as well? So, you know, there may be our families, like this is a kind of skill that if you can lead yourself well, it opens up so much for you. It opens up so much learning and opportunity and doors. Are there any things you've done or you think would help in trying to instill this in others as well? You know, I, I, I think, again, I go back to setting that example, okay, and always asking yourself, what did I do? How could it have been perceived? What, you know, were there were there children around that may have have seen this? Yeah, you know, I was I was hitting tennis with my wife the other day, and on the court next to us was a a father and his daughter, and my wife hit a shot that I really didn't care for, and you know I, I turned to her and I told her and I said, boy, it's a good thing that there's really children on the other court, or I would tell you what I really think of that shot. And and the father on the other court was laughing, but it's being aware and realizing that we've got to set the right example. And and we can't be, you know, unprofessional or inappropriate. And if you can do that, and it's it's really, I think, you know, I, I was a young young girl, I gave her some practice, you know, tennis balls, and she came over when I was walking out, thanked me, it was so small and because it's such a quiet little voice, but it's that setting the example and being able to to help everybody, you know, grow like that. So I think that's probably, you know, the the biggest thing we can ask ourselves, you know, when that happened, you know, did you feel good about that? Mm-hmm. And my answer to that was, yeah, I felt great about that. I I, I controlled my my sports language. Yeah. And you know, as when I was a younger man, my two daughters, if I slipped up, they would they would tell me not to use my golf words in the house. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I understand. And, and so it's it's being aware of that. And it is being aware of that and realizing that they're paying attention. So if you're going to set that example, OK, they're paying attention and the impact that you have on others, because it's a perception. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody watching this podcast is going to have a perception of me when they're done and nobody's perception is going to be wrong. So I've worked very hard not to use my golf words. During <laughs> I haven't heard one golf word. <laughs> I've, I've worked very hard and it's it's being conscious about that and, and yeah. recognizing and, and the awareness. Yeah, I mean. And you know what about that I love so much is this idea that even encouraging others to lead yourself really comes back to you. It's back to you setting the example. I think sometimes when we're in positions of authority, whether that's a parent or a manager, we want to tell people what they need to do when a lot of times if we just be that ourselves, you know, kind of be that person ourselves, be that example, that does way more than trying to tell people what to do. So that's, it kind of all comes back to self again, essentially, even when you're trying to influence other people. Absolutely, it does. And, and yeah. it goes it goes right back to that, because when you tell people to do something and they see you not doing it, OK, then they're going to they're all of a sudden that trust starts to go away 
and the believability and your credibility goes away. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, you know, that's easy for you to say, but you're not doing it. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, when oh. you tell us, you you guys got to get here on time. Okay. And you, you need to be time and you can't leave early or whatever. And you're doing that. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are you doing? That's the, you know, old adage that, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't go over very well with anybody. And they're like, no. yeah, I don't think so. Mm-mm. So you just, you know, it it is it is what the employees see mm-hmm. or anybody in in a relationship where you're trying to influence them and they're looking and they're saying, do I believe you or or not? And how are you going to establish that credibility? Mm-hmm. Doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And, and it's and it's, you know, if I tell you to do something, this is what we want. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, I think my wife and I laugh all the time about you know we never keep score okay mm. there's no there's no scorekeeping out there and and we we never have a discussion about well you know i'm not taking out the trash because i took it out the last time or you know <laughs> i'm not folding these clothes because you know it we, right. we just we never do that and mm. so you know i think i think the mindset about that is you know there's there's no keeping score and we're trying to help you know, each other and help everybody grow. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, there's a part of this that, that is, and I, I, I do a lot. Uh, there's, there's this whole concept of givers and takers, and, and it's really interesting to, to weave that into watching how this all interacts with being able to lead yourself. Not keeping score. Hmm. Yeah, think about that. (laughs) That may be another golden thought I need to put into practice. Yeah, because if you're focusing on kind of what you're giving in the relationship and doing the best, then what what's the point? Are we in a competition? Like, what's the point of the score? That's a really good point. Well, exactly right. And and, you know, and again, how is that going to come across? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and so when you think about the relationship, where do you want to be in that relationship? you know, what's your whole mindset about that? And mm-hmm. so to me, it's, uh, why are you keeping score? Yeah. What, what's, what's your, and, and what's it's your because, purpose? It, it, yes. It's because you're trying to make sure, oh, you know, that, that, that I don't do any, I don't do any more than I absolutely have to. Okay. You know, it, 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 it's almost like this whole concept now that quietly quitting out there. I'm sort of like, really, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You all, you all, you know, and there has been a big change about, you know, folks that are just looking for jobs versus careers. Mm-hmm. And now I see that all the time now. It's really interesting to me. And I think some of it's just a pure generational thing and just an age difference. But, you know, you're giving me a perception, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're never going the extra mile, okay, if you don't take initiative yeah. and if you sit there and wait and say, well, I'll, 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 I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And tell me to do it, and then I'll go do it. I, I'd love to have a nickel for every time I did a counseling session where I talked to the employee and I explained to him. I said, "Let me tell you something. If I have to tell you what to do, we don't really need you." <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so let's talk about that. Let's let's make sure you understand that going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. You know, because what you're really telling us is, I don't have the ability to think for myself, or I'm not willing to think for myself. I don't want to invest that much in you all because I don't really care. Mm-hmm. So that's prob that that that's that's problematic. 
I mean, that's another aspect of leading self, like being able to figure out what it, what needs to be done and getting it done. That proactive nature, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah, sure it is. And then thinking about, OK, well, I'm doing this because I I want to give them the perception that, yeah. you know, I care about this. OK, I care about why we're here. I care about what we're doing. So I'm going to be proactive and and start to do this going forward. I love that. And it. You know, just I I love the idea about the example. It reminds me of something when you said that. I was thinking, um, I was in a workshop one time. And they were talking about parenting. I'm trying to think they're talking about parenting or marriage. I think it was parenting, and they were saying the best thing you can do for your child is grow up yourself. Like the yeah. best thing I and I was like, oh, you know, the best thing I can do is to be as mature you know, the best version of me that is possible. And that sets the best example for your child. So this idea of, yeah, if you can lead yourself well, that alone can influence other people without you having to say a bunch of stuff that they probably don't want to hear anyway, honestly. (laughs) So absolutely it is. And I would say it's a, it's a funny conversation. I was actually in Rotary this morning. We were having a conversation before the program started. And one of my fellow retailers was talking about how he just loved to do yard work. He loved to do yard work. And he said, you know, it's really interesting to me. He he made a comment, the observation that every house he had moved into, the more he worked in his yard, the more all the neighbors' yards. Mm. Okay. And he said it wasn't a competition, but by him improving his, everybody looked at it and said, Well, yeah, man, I, I should, we should do this. And we should. And so it's it's setting that example. It's doing that. Mm-hmm. People, you know, I, I say this all the time. People do what people see. So if you have a manager that yells at people out there, that disrespects them, whether it's a coach on a team with the other team, the other kids, people do what people see. I love that. So this has been so good. I appreciate your insights. I have my golden thoughts. Kelvin's going to be so happy. I'm going to be a whole new person. Yes, Um, yes. But uh, any closing, I want to do a lightning round where I just ask you a few questions. You can give me short answers just so people can get to know you a little better. But before we do that, any closing thoughts on this topic of kind of leading self? I think it's just you have to want to grow and be honest with yourself. Hmm. And I always look at this as trying to be at least three dimensional, okay, and not one dimensional and sort of just floating on the on the surface. Okay. I think there's a lot of folks that float on the surface. They're victims and say, oh, this is terrible. This happened. And they just accept what's happened to them and don't do any changes. Mm. So I think it's owning this and being able to make those changes going forward. Yeah, not float on the surface. I love that. Not just let life take you from here to there, but be an agency in your own life. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, we have a lot of employees that are what I call cruise ship passengers. Okay. Mm. They're just, I'm I'm here. Y'all tell me what to do and tell me where to be and what I, and they're just cruise ship passengers. They're not taking really any ownership of where are we going. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I super appreciate this. It's good seeing you as always. So these are three quick questions just so people can get to know you a little better. And the first one is, what's the most unique work experience that you've had? Um, I think the most unique work experience is, is, is running, you know, running your own company. If there's ever, you know, an opportunity to, to do that and just been a great experience and I've loved it. Mm, I wouldn't okay. trade it for the world. Oh, I love that. 22 years in. I I love that. I love that. We trade it for the world. 
That's awesome. Um, so what is one thing? And yes, and thank you for encouraging me too, because I would say the same thing. I'm not nearly 22 years in, but it's been amazing. So I, oh, I you're, totally you're, you're good. You're good. What? 10, 11 years in? Seven, seven. Okay, seven. <laughs> yeah, I passed the five year mark. I'll take it. There you go. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah. So what is one thing you do consistently to enjoy your life? Um, I love playing competitive sports. Mm -hmm. So I play tennis squash, golf, pickleball, you name it. If, if I can play, if it's competitive and I can get outside and I can exercise, that's, I love doing that. And, and I, I think it's also a good time to really think about what's happened during the day and, and you know, how, how things unfolded. So reflection time. Yeah. I love that. I knew about tennis. I didn't know about squash and pickleball. That's uh, <laughs> you're very active. Yeah. We sort of, stopped playing squash during the pandemic because you're in a closed court and and we got a little nervous about that so we moved a pickleball outside and and so you know, farther away so so yes and i've been a tennis player since i was you know in high school so yeah yeah pickleball's all the rage right now so oh it is, it is. It is. <laughs> so it is Okay. And last question, what is a, and you shared several of these with us, but what's a word of wisdom or piece of advice you like to live by? Here's what I'll tell you is I try not to be a person of success. Okay. I want to be a person of value. Hmm. I want to add value wherever I go. And I think when you can think about that, it leads to success. But if you if you're trying to be a person of success, you're going to probably make short term bad decisions mm -hmm. and and you won't make those if you think about, am I really adding value to this? I tell my clients all the time, if I'm not adding any value, why are you paying me? Yeah, a person of value, adding value. Yes, that. Yeah, I can see how that motivates different thoughts and actions, actually. Um, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining, Trey. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. I'm glad to do it. Always, always great. You are, you are one of my favorite and outstanding employees. So, so I'm, I'm tickled to death. Oh, good. I wasn't a so cruise ship I'm so proud of you. That's what I'm really proud of. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you all so much for joining the podcast. Um, you can find Trey's business online at esourceshr.com. We'll also have it in the show notes, along with ways to contact him or his business. And Thank you all for joining. You can always find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore Pace underscore Green. And I will see you next time. Be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where just for joining, you will receive a checklist for getting your LinkedIn profile in top shape and a link to the first chapter of my book. Click join the crew in the show notes. I also invite you to visit my website where you can shop our t-shirt collection designed to help you fulfill your purpose, love your work, and enjoy your life. I have them all, wear one almost every episode, and know you will love them. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey. Let's go. Let's go.